Here's a summary of the Super Bowl ads for you that no one asked for. Hi, I'm Christopher Walken. Buy BMW. Hi, I'm Aubrey Plaza. Buy Mountain Dew. Hi, I'm Tom Brady. Spend what little money you have betting. Hi, I'm Martin Scorsese. Buy Squarespace. Hi, buy Kia if you want to get fucked over. Hi, I'm Addison Ray. Buy Nerds and Steel Dances. Hi, I'm Ben Affleck. Buy Dunkin' Donuts. Hey, remember those E-Trade babies from when we were kids? That was cute. <laughs> babies thinking of retirement? That's how That's how young you gotta start thinking about this shit. Hi, I'm Jenna Ortega. Buy Doritos. Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> Buy Apartments. We're Budweiser. We hate gay people. <laughs> Look at the beautiful history of Volkswagen. Mm, no, don't go back to World War II. What the hell is that? Stone on air coming up. Completely unsanctioned by the church. Stone on air. Whatever, let's just do this. Stone on air. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Give human beings opportunity and you'll be absolutely shocked with what people do with it. Stone on air coming up. Stone on air. And welcome in everybody. It is Valentine's Day. It's also Lent for those that observe coming off of Fat Tuesday, which is yesterday, and Mardi Gras, all the other nonsense that comes along with all this stuff that leads up to Easter. Hello, my name is Brian. How are you? I'm doing quite well. Getting a late start on record night because the city council, well, I'll get into it. Hang on. So, spoiler alert to the second segment of the show, the city council were to vote on the funding for the South Broad District and the stadium, and surprise, surprise, they put it off another goddamn week. This is like the third week in a row now, and then the commission votes today, if I am remembering that correctly, and I am, so will they put it off another week as well? My guess is probably. Um, this is really getting annoying, and it's about time it's, you know, put up or shut up. You know what, or get off the pot. I mean, let's do something already. Let's stop putting this off from week to week to week. And before I went to hit record, I wanted to have all that information. And as I always say on here, I watch the city council meetings and the county commission meetings so you don't have to. And that's a little bit of a lie. I don't actually watch them. I skim through them and then uh, just watch the parts that are pertinent to whatever it is that I might be talking about on this show, the Stone on Air podcast, which is every Wednesday here in the city of Chattanooga, covering and overviewing and thoughts and commentary on things that happen in this general vicinity of where we all live in the Southeast anyway. My name is Brian. Thank you for finding the show. If you are new here, thanks for checking it out. So I will go back down that road in the uh, second segment of the show. And uh, so that's the latest. So I would say the latest coming up. Well, that, that I just gave you the latest. I'll have some more thoughts on some um, on this whole thing. And then several other stories that are local here that I'll bounce around in the second segment of the show. In the final segment of the show... Uh, just, uh, uh, it's another slow news week. <laughs> There's just not a lot to do here. So Pearl Jam has new music. They have a tour. Neil Young has a tour. There's a couple other shows coming nearby and here locally that I want to talk about. And the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame 
nominations for this year, which the ceremony won't be until about a year from now, as this year's ceremony was just the other week or day or month or whatever it was. So I'll do all that in the final segment of the show, pretty much a throwaway segment. Another thing I would have gotten to had I waited until tomorrow, which I even considered releasing this on Thursday to get both those votes in, so I had all the information, but another story that'll be on the front page of the Chattanooga Times Free Press is more on this bona fide voting thing and what the laws are and are not, and it's uh, quite infuriating, really. And I just saw the headline on Twitter as I was searching through for uh, information on the city council, and it's illegal to crossover vote Though it's not illegal to have to, to to decide choose which ballot you want, it's a very stupid law that has no teeth, that didn't really even ever get discussed or anybody ever even knew anything about until the Marjorie Trailer Park Green of Hamilton County, uh, Sabrina Smedley, Turner Smedley, Schmedley, whatever her name is, until her and I think Hollander kind of signed off on it because he's a schmuck and he didn't know any else to do other than just oh okay yeah yeah I'm mad too me too when they lost the uh, election to Weston Womp here in the county race a couple of years ago so I'm not exactly sure what the article in the paper is going to be talking about tomorrow my guess is it's just going to be kind of a refresher on that as the primaries are just now a couple of weeks away on March 5th and uh, I think I am just going to start voting like back and forth balloting like just I'm going to start voting the Republican ballot just because and then afterwards I'm going to talk about it on this podcast I'm going to post it on social media I voted in a non bona fide way come and get me come and get me policeman come and get me uh state legislator who even enforces that how what it's so it's so stupid and I'm not kidding I will I will do that and I will announce it with a bullhorn if I have to just uh, to, because I think it's funny and because I'm weird and I do stuff like that. Uh, thanks to Lee Brock, who is the sponsor of this show. Luckily, he likes uh, weird uh, people like me enough to be the presenting sponsor of the show for all your real estate needs. 653-2491-LEE at lindabrockhomes.com. And I have something else going on Wednesday night that also was going to not allow me to change record night. Uh, for all the reasons I also just didn't want to change them, I also have an obligation on Wednesday night. I will tell you more about that as the show goes along. So let's take a look at things. So I always even forget what Mardi Gras is. I always have to remind myself it's not just a party in New Orleans. It is French for Fat Tuesday, and then Lent starts uh, the next day, and that's, you know, I guess Catholics do this the most. I've, I'm woefully ignorant when it comes to all this practices of all this stuff to me Mardi Gras was like you know girls girls gone wild videos that I would see on late night you know commercials on when I watched Howard Stern on E uh, E entertainment television 25 years ago or so but that falls on Valentine's Day which that's today happy Valentine's Day to anybody who uh, celebrates I have had some Valentine's days in my life where I've had obligations but most of them I have not, and I do not like 
made up fake Hallmark holidays. I just don't. I don't like Mother's Day. I don't like Father's Day. I don't like Valentine's Day. And I guess those are the main three. And, um, you know, your birthday. Hey, man, let's celebrate. Hey, it's Christmas. Everybody loves Christmas. Hey, it's Thanksgiving. Everybody be thankful. And outside of that, I'm pretty much, uh, you know, leave me the hell alone for the most part. Uh, pitchers and catchers have reported for those who celebrate that activity in both Florida and Arizona. Baseball season right around the corner. Thankfully, now that we have football over with. And yes, I am a football fan, but I have had all I can handle of this season. I'm so tired of the Titans. I am tired of the Chiefs. I'm tired of just the what we would call water cooler talk that is football season. I'll be happy when it comes back into the fall Happy to be away from it for now. But I will say real quick, I did watch the Super Bowl like everybody did. Like over 120 million, 123 million, umpteen billion, 100 trillion, killion, trillion. Yeah, a lot of people watched it. We get it, all right? They make up the number. I, I know they have metrics to figure it out. Highest watched Super Bowl ever. Good for them. But I did do something a little different. And in a world where alternative broadcasts are all the rage, where, you know, we live in a world where... Grown-ass men and women sit down and watch the Manning brothers watch football. Like, we as a society, as a sports-consuming society, somehow find that to be an entertainment option. Hey, there's enough dumb shit out there for all of us. I say it all the time. If that's your thing, good for you. I think it's one of the most absurd concepts in the history of watching television is, first of all, I do not live in a universe where the Mannings are entertainment. And second of all, I don't live in a universe where I watch other people watch football. But in this case, in this situation, for the first time ever, there was a secondary Super Bowl broadcast, and it was on Nickelodeon. And this is pure brilliance. This is absolute marketing genius they've done these games before cbs who owns nickelodeon viacom paramount um so it's not the first time nickelodeon's put games on where they superimpose all the you know the characters and the the slime and everything else so i it wasn't brand new to me but this is the first time that they did the super bowl and i gotta say it was really good really really well done and got to give it to the NFL. I mean, this is camel cigarettes, camel Joe, hook them when they're young type marketing. It really is one hell of an idea. And also in a broadcasting, sports broadcasting world where you or they, their, their intentions are for all national broadcasts to appeal to a wide audience. So rather than just a couple of dudes calling the game, there's all this prepackaged crap. There's vignettes, there's features, there's all the cutaways, all this, all that. Got to show the American hero. Got to do all these things that I believe take away from the enjoyment of actually watching a football game. I'm not talking about showing Taylor Swift for 54 seconds over the course of a four-hour broadcast. I don't care about that. I just mean the forced features that all sporting events on television do. And so once I flipped it over to Nickelodeon, and I did that quite early. There was a couple of kids around. I was at my mom's and my brother. We cooked a little. It was very small, very low-key. And it was kind of nice. I was actually able to pay attention to everything. And 
actually being sober for once watching the Super Bowl was a, uh, a, a different and very enjoyable experience. But I intended just to give it a look for a few minutes, and I ended up watching damn near the first half, at least the first full quarter, and it was um, to one guy I never heard of. One of the guys, his name is Nate something. He's on the pregame for CBS on the national games. And then SpongeBob and Patrick. And I was watching some TikToks that showed how the uh, the voice guys for those characters, how they were set up in the booth. It was really fascinating. I can't even begin to explain it. You just have to see it. And all the superimposed nature, all the quick wit off the top of their heads. I, I don't believe that this, first of all, you can't script everything when you're watching a live football game. The SpongeBob and Patrick commentary from a doofus kind of kid, I don't understand anything because I'm a dumb kid kind of aspect, I thought was really, really, I don't, I hate to say, it was, it was cute, right? It was it was neat. Uh, the way they discussed the penalties and broke them down in the most layman, stupid terms, I thought was really well done. If you did capture a 10, 11, 12 year old who doesn't understand holding hell, I was 25 years old before I could finally define what holding was in an NFL game. Um, the best graphic, what let me, what made me stay there was early on. They're panning around and they show up a, a shot of, of Travis Kelsey and it's the, the byline Right, like the underneath graphic, it's not really a byline, but the graphic said Taylor Swift's boyfriend. And then with a line, and then like where you'd normally see his stats, it said good at football. <laughs> I thought that was fabulous. Like that is so cool. What kid wouldn't see that and think that that's neat? And um, yeah, hook them when they're young, get them smoking camels, Camel Joe. And they'll be watching this crap for forever. Because I am on the record, and most people think I'm crazy on this, I'm not sure football's the cash cow powerhouse that it is now in 30 to 50 years. I'm just not convinced of that. Once upon a time in this country, boxing, baseball, and horse racing were three the three biggest sports, and really at times the three, bi three biggest entertainment options in this country, and now nobody cares about any three of them. They still all survive. They still all exist, and they still all have their fans. But what did everybody love about those? Well, they could bet on them illegally, and um, there just weren't a lot of options. Well, what happens when there are more and more and more and more and more options over the next several decades, and less and less and less talented kids play this violent uh, sometimes borderline deadly, but certainly debilitating physically and mentally game. What happens when it erodes so bad that the play on the field sucks that we move on to something else? I, I firmly believe that that is very possible in the next several generations. So things like this can help to keep that from happening. And another thing I got to add here to the list, and I got three pieces of audio I'm going to get to you here uh, very shortly as I'm already flying through here in the open. I did the list of the listless during the snow and ice 
shutdown of a couple of days of school and all that, and everybody does their predictable nonsense, and I made my official list of the listless, the list of the boring, the list of the uninspiring, the list of the whatever else I came up with. Anybody who uses the terminology sports ball to try to be cute and funny on socials, uh, you've, you've made the list. That person is on the list of the listless. We get it. You don't care about sports. It's all good. You don't have to. There's a damn good chance that everything you're into, I think, is silly as hell, too. But I don't regurgitate the same nonsense over and over again, like, oh, go sports ball. I get it. I said sports ball because I don't like sports, and it's all the same. Ah, congratulations, numb nuts. You made the list of the list list. Let's do three pieces of audio real quick. The realest thing I couldn't agree with more. Where is it? Hold on. Sorry. There it is. I don't hear people talking about this enough. Um, I grew up in California and the Super Bowl, when you live on the East Coast or I'm in the Midwest, sucks. It's 630 on a Sunday. It's a school night. It's a work night. I don't get how Super Bowl parties became a thing in the rest of the country when it's late, it's bedtime for kids. Now me and my friends are all trapped at home. Like growing up, the Super Bowl was 3.30, it was an afternoon. You got together at two, you have a Super Bowl party, you're still home by bedtime. The, like petition to move the Super Bowl earlier because this blows. I totally agree. I the, the idea to move it to a Saturday, I'm never going to be a big fan of. It already works where they've got it. So first of all, that's one reason why they're not going to move it. But why can't we start it at 4.30 or even 5.30? I mean, an hour is not going to affect the overall viewership. And if it does, just make it up like you always do, Arbitron and Nielsen ratings, you frauds. All right, today's worst idea. This is Tom Cotton. I believe he is a senator from Arkansas. I forgot to write it down. I know he's from Arkansas. I know he's a piece of crap uh, politician, and he was grilling the TikTok CEO. Every time you hear a ding, that is when the TikTok CEO says he's not from China, and then at the end, I just couldn't help myself but tag it with a old-school King of the Hill reference just to show the buffoonery that is the United States Congress. This is today's worst idea. Of what nation are you a citizen? Singapore. Are you a citizen of any other nation? No, Senator. Have you ever applied for Chinese citizenship? Senator, I serve my nation in Singapore. No, I did not. Do you have a Singaporean passport? Yes, and I served my military for two, two and a half ha- years in Singapore. Do you, have any other, do you have any other passports from any other nations? No, Senator. Have you ever been a member of the Chinese Communist Party? Senator, I'm Singaporean. No. Have you ever been associated or affiliated with uh, the Chinese Communist Party? What a buffoon. No, Senator. Again, okay. I'm Singaporean. So are you Chinese or Japanese? <laughs> I live in California last 20 years, but uh, first come from Laos. Huh? Laos. <laughs> we Laotian. The ocean? What ocean? We are Laotian. From Laos, stupid. It's a landlocked country in Southeast Asia. It's between Vietnam and Thailand, okay? Population, 4.7 million. So are you Chinese or Japanese? (laughs) (laughs) So perfect. So perfect. And the final final one here today is uh, on the open is the coolest thing. This is what the song Fell on Black Days by Soundgarden would sound like if it was sung and written by Alice in Chains.
Sounds pretty damn good to me. I love it. It sounds fabulous. Really not that much different, I guess. I know some of the grunge uh, like eye rollers are like, what's the difference, man? It sounds the same. Well, here, listen up right here. It doesn't sound the same, but I, I get it. It does sound kind of cool. All right, so back to the city council pushing this off for another week. What will the commission do? By the time you're hearing this, you might already know. Either way, we're not going to have any answers this week. And other stories from around the city of Chattanooga coming up next. about it soon enough maybe even by next week but the new bar coming downtown to the old raw location is going to be called home and lee brock is an investor in that business and property yes ladies and gentlemen lee is not just trying to be a real estate agent it's kind of a put your money where your mouth is kind of situation he invests in real estate now don't get me wrong if you're just looking to purchase a home or you're looking to sell your home and purchase a new to you home or a brand new build it from the ground up or simply put you just need a place to live i mean that's day one stuff man he's got you covered there but maybe you were curious about investing in real estate for yourself lee's experience in this market is invaluable for whatever your real estate need is it ain't going to cost you a thing to get things started with a phone call or an email 653-2491 or lee at lindabrockhomes.com stone on air Hello, Chattanooga. I want to give you an update on the South Broad District, including the new Lookout Stadium. Look, there's been a lot of conversation and a lot of confusion around this, so I want to make a few things absolutely clear. Number one, this stadium will not be paid for with the city taxes that we currently collect and spend on our shared priorities like education, affordable housing, and public safety. Through a financing mechanism called TIF, Tax Increment Financing, The stadium will be paid for with new tax revenue generated by the increased value of the property in the area and only in that area within the TIF district. That revenue will be generated because this is going to be a transformative project in a currently blighted area. While the stadium is the cornerstone of this new development, I'm personally much more excited about all the other parts of the project. Independent experts conservatively predict that thanks to this deal, the South Broad area is going to see $1.1 billion in new development. That new development will create $2.3 billion in economic impact. The deal will also mean more than $180 million in new funding for Hamilton County Schools and more than $100 million in new funding for Chattanooga and Hamilton County governments. If I had a million dollars like if I had 120 plus million dollars. That was uh, Mayor Kelly from his Instagram page. All his socials, I'm sure, had that little video he made in the last few days. A lot of this doesn't matter as much now because we've got another week. It's the never-ending story 
the city council, who I thought was the sure bet. I thought the city council were the ones that we could rely on to get to this and get the damn vote done. But clearly I was wrong. The commission is who I thought that Tim was most worried about. Maybe it's both now. I don't know. If I had a million dollars, I'd build a tree fort in our yard. If I had One point a billion, dollars, trillion, umpteen billion, uncountable jillion in infrastructure and development and taxes. I don't know if any of that stuff's true. Um, you, you can find studies. You can find any expert, quote unquote. You can find whatever you want to back up any argument you want when it comes to government subsidies on anything, anything, and especially when it comes to stadium subsidies. And, you know, I'm a fan of this. I don't know if it's going to work or not, like the numbers say they are, but I think it's something that's long needed to happen, and anybody who's been around and listening to this show isn't surprised by anything I'm saying right now. But I am getting a little annoyed with this. Uh, but nothing changes between now and a week from now because it doesn't matter if the commission picks up the vote or not. The council has pushed it off until at least next Tuesday. One thing, though, I have not discussed on this show much at all or really even maybe I probably haven't even mentioned it because I just saw this story from David Pascal from the Times Free Press just yesterday. And uh, I'll tell you why I knew more about it here in a minute. First, just directly from the piece, I'll just read it verbatim. Should the plan be approved, Lookout's president, Rich Mazingo, believes the shovels will be right around the corner. Quote from Rich Permits are waiting on us at the city right at this minute to be picked up. We are ready to go. We've got the excavator crew. It's ready. The demolition crew is ready. So it is realistic that the 19th of February is a real date when something could happen. Now, of course, that date is crumpled up and thrown in the garbage can. Um, And then it says, is it going to be the 19th? Maybe not. But the 20th, 21st, 22nd, by the end of that week, I think it's super realistic that something could happen. And that is not at all a possibility now with the additional week delay. And my guess is the commission will do the same thing. It's like nobody wants to do anything. It's like the Spider-Man, everybody's pointing at each other meme. It's like we're just somebody's waiting on somebody to make some kind of grown ass up person a decision. And then it's like everybody else will just kind of do whatever everybody else is doing. It's actually a pretty big lack of leadership that our commission and council is showing. It really is kind of embarrassing, and the entire situation is kind of feeling pretty embarrassing. The rushed nature from everything from day one to now to the continuing to put off the votes to the county mayor just kind of being absent in a lot of this, and then the the head of the co- the chairman of the commission, uh, Ever- Jeff Eversall, kind of going rogue and and getting in bed with the city, and they're doing deals. They're having uh, press conferences that one mayor is not invited to one in town hall, another mayor is not invited to the other. I mean, it looks and feels kind of uh, low rent. It feels kind of small town idiocy, or it kind of feels like DC. It kind of feels like a do nothing Congress. What has changed in our city government? 
in the last couple of years that would give it the feel of a dysfunctional political system. Hmm, what is the difference? What is the big glaring difference between city government for the last, we'll just say for modern purposes, two and a half decades this century? Where's the disconnect? Hmm, I can't quite, oh, that's right. The election of lifetime wannabe politician Weston Womp to county mayor. He grew up quite literally as a child running around the hallways of Capitol Hill watching this his entire life. The adversarial approach to local politics is a leadership trickle-down effect, and it is toxic to our local political structure. All right, a bit of a tangent I didn't exactly expect to go on. And yes, I voted for the guy. I voted for the guy. On the paperwork filed in a legal document over the non-bona fide voters, my tweet was one of the examples used in that legal document complaint to the state legislator. All right, so... Yeah, I guess I'm to blame here um, as much as anybody else. And the problem is, is if I had to do it over again, I'm I'm not sure that I would have done it differently. I, I don't think I would have done it differently. Maybe I just would have abstained from voting. Maybe. I don't know. But not now. Not that they're pushing this quote-unquote law. Come and get me. Throw the cuffs on. I'll vote for whoever the hell I want, which with whichever ballot I want, and I'll do it every single time. I promise. All right, one more thing, and then I'll move on from this. Uh, I was talking to somebody at my day job who was in a meeting with the brass from uh, Hardball Capital and uh, owners of the Lookouts, and it was an overall kind of uh, meeting. It wasn't specific to any one thing, but the main uh, topic that came out of it was if we can get this thing started now, meaning within the next few weeks, within a month or so, then we could be on track to be able to move in to the new stadium by June or July of 2025. And they are dead ass serious. It's like, I mean, it's like kryptonite on that hill, that stadium. They don't want to have anything to do with it. They don't want to play there anymore. They don't want to work there anymore. And really, they're not compliant with Major League Baseball. That was part of the piece from David Paschal that I wasn't as sure about. They can get extensions on that. They're just using that as an excuse. But they're talking about moving to the new stadium, if there indeed ever is one, in the middle of the season in 25, because there is no chance, zero chance, none chance whatsoever that this stadium is built and ready to be open in April of 25. That's a year and two months from right now. It's not happening, period. It is probably not happening by the summer of 25. But let's just say, for argument's sake, that it is done by the summer of 25. Rich Mazingo and his other cohorts from Hardball Capital, Rich Mazingo is just kind of the face. Rich is a great guy. Love you, Rich. If you're listening, thank you, man. Chance he is listening, actually. Known Rich for a long time. But they're saying they're going to move in the middle of the season and play at the new stadium, which is, I'm begging and pleading with you, Rich, and anybody from the organization, don't do that. Do this right. Slow it down. Down. 
when you're watching a basketball team, you see this in college basketball all the time, and the and the team just won't slow the tempo down. Just fast pace up and down the court, transition points. Slow it down. We're not. We don't need to be doing transitional offense here. Slow the offense down. Set it up. Pick and roll. Get your position set. And then let's get this play right. Let's hit this three in the corner, all the net, and boom, and do it correct. Rather than haphazardly, like this thing has seemingly been done since the jump in, what, August of 22? Come on, slow things down. You're going to have a half-done ballpark if we even get to this point. There's no reason to really even talk about this right now because the chances are now maybe this thing gets just completely killed. We'll see soon enough. We think... What a mess. What a damn mess. All right, so enough uh, of that. Let's take a look at some other things real quick. All of this uh, courtesy of the Chattanooga Times Free Press. City ranking moves up 26 spots. Chattanooga claimed number 46 out of a field of 200 in this year's best performing cities report. Uh, I'm not sure what all the criteria for everything is. It says in the ranking, Chattanooga is defined by its metropolitan statistical area, which includes Hamilton, Marion, Sequatchie counties, and Tennessee, Catoosa, Dade, and Walker counties in Georgia. Chattanooga ranks third highest of the six cities that appear on the list behind Nashville and Knoxville. And we are certainly a better city than Knoxville every single day of the week. Uh, On the rankings breakdown, housing affordability, we're number six. Of this 200-city uh, study, we're number six on housing affordability. So if you're looking around thinking, Jesus Christ, it costs a lot to live here, well, we're on the more affordable end of things. A number that stuck out here, households with broadband internet subscriptions, we're number 129th on the list. Now, you would think with the gig and now the quantum network and EPB, we would be much higher than that. Uh, uh, Tim Kelly, mayor, was actually asked of that, about that, I should say. Quote from the city mayor, this definitely covers the entire metropolitan area, talking about this being this study, which would include North Georgia and parts of northern Hamilton County where they don't have EPB and frankly still struggle to even get broadband coverage at all. That, I think, must be hurting our ratings, and that's very likely is the case just for uh, purposes of understanding where other cities fall on this list. Number 41 is Indianapolis. Remember, we're at 46. Uh, San Jose, California, at number 44. Boulder, Colorado, right behind us at number 47. Madison, Wisconsin comes in at number 50. Reno, Nevada at number 49. Does that mean a whole lot? Not really, except for what jumped off the page were those two numbers. Housing affordability, we're number six, which means, yay, we're doing good. We have more affordable housing, uh, but do we? Wait, record scratch? Record scratch. Do we? Really? And then 129th in broadband internet subscriptions. Uh, Let's see. This is from um, a couple of weeks ago. Been hanging on to it. Repeat offender legislation introduced. I can get behind this. Not usually a big fan of the things that bow tie wearing Senator Bo Watson does. And this does come pretty much, it's a reactionary legislation to the middle-aged white guy that we called prominent because I believe he just had a good job, Chris Wright, who was murdered this past summer 
by the career criminal Daryl Roberts, who had 60 criminal charges. The proposed bill will define about 37 different misdemeanors ranging from assault to driving under the influence that would qualify for repeat offender statute. Watson said an individual would face a class E felony charge after the fifth conviction on any of the listed misdemeanors. Jesus Christ, five? I mean, that seems a a little excessive. Five DUIs, five assaults before it starts hitting this class E felony level, which if you didn't know what that is, which I didn't know, it is the lowest level of felonies in the state of Tennessee, but it's nothing to sneeze at. It carries a a sentence of up to six years in prison with fines up to $3,000. A class E felony could be brought sooner on a third conviction in certain cases, including unlawful carrying and possession of a firearm, child abuse, child neglect or endangerment, assault against a first responder, domestic violence, and violation of restraining order and no contact no uh, contact order. Okay, so it is really closer to a three strikes and you're out kind of legislation, which I, I'm also fine with. Like, I, I'm totally cool with letting people go light on first offenses, especially young people, because I mean, Jesus, we're all idiots, man. And you can really ruin somebody's life before they even have an opportunity to get it together by being too harsh on things like even DUI. Like, I mean, I'm always going to be an apologist for the DUI laws. They're too harsh. They're too damn harsh. They just are. Uh, Buzz driving is drunk driving. Listen, I'm a professional damn drinker. I am a alcoholic all right i understand it as much as anybody out there and buzz driving ain't drunk driving they're not the same thing shut up stop it so like i'm totally fine with being chill on the first offense and in some cases i would like this all to be up to discretion that's why well i say that and then i don't trust half the judges i'm looking forward to having judge mcveigh on running for circuit court, he'll be able to speak to these kinds of things, the best show ever coming towards the end of the month. Um, so, I mean, I want there to be discretion, but I want to make sure that the person who has the discretion has the right heart. And I guess that's what makes the election of these judges so important. But once you get up more than that, I mean, thir- three and four and five times with this stuff, you're just a menace to society. And then I'm fine with locking it up and maybe not, throwing the key away but let's put the key where it's really hard to find let's take some drugs all right let's take some delta nine some thca maybe even a little hallucinogenics whatever you want get a bombed out of your head go put the key somewhere so when you sober up you can't remember where it is and so you will find it eventually so it's not exactly throwing the key away But once we've all pretty much can come to at least some kind of agreement that this is going to be this is a trajectory of a of a career criminal. It's time to get serious with this stuff, especially when we're talking about child abuse, firearms. Of course, I mean, if you got a gun illegally more than a couple of times, you're up to absolutely no good. Child neglect, endangerment, assault, all those things. So good on a bow, a bow tie, Bo Watson and who else? Uh, Patsy Hazelwood on that one Chattanooga's new sister city is it's I don't know how you say it it's A-C-C-R-A Ghana take the word the the car name Acura and take the U out and add another C so is it just Acura Ghana 
I don't know. Either way, it's the new Chattanooga sister city, the first on the continent of Africa. Our other sister cities are in um, a city I can't name in China, WUXI, Ham, Wolfsburg, and Israel, some city named Giffen something, something Tagil, not going to work here anymore. If you get that joke, then we're good friends. Uh, Russia and then Tono, Japan are all also sister cities. So, um, hey, that's cool. I had a story on a guy from Ghana who drove me around D.C. He was my Uber driver. I told it like six years ago on the podcast after it happened, but I don't have time to do it now. He was a fascinating dude. That's the very abbreviated version. Uh, quickly, the split project is on track, I-75 and I-24. Traffic snarls continue to continue as work reaches 25% complete. The state says improvement is coming. We passed the six-month mark on this with a finish date still set for late 2025. I'll believe that when I see it. I will say, though, as everybody complains about this kind of stuff, I drive through it every single day of my life, and it's really not that bad. I think they're doing a really good job, actually. They got those bridges out of there in no time they've got the uh, the basic structure the bones the foundation of the new bridges basically already done the sound walls are going in and i drive in in and out of it on my way to work to and from up and down the terrace every single day and it's just it's really not that bad it's really not some people are going to complain no matter what and really fast here i because i just i have to do this and a few of these other ones i didn't get to maybe i will in the final segment County installs speed trackers. In an effort to promote safer driving on a track of Hunter Road in Ottawa, Hamilton County Mayor Weston Womp announced Tuesday the installation of three roadside speed trackers. Three, these three devices, which will cost the county $4,200 each, were installed at the intersections of Flagstone Drive, Crooked Creek Drive, and Benwood Drive along Hunter Road. I know where Flagstone Drive is, and I've been up and down Hunter Road many, many times. The other road on the other side over there, Snow Hill Road, which is just as bad, if not worse. I've driven up and down that road so many times in my life, I might as well have driven around the world. The problems there are really bad with the... Uh, with the development and the growth, and those roads are so small. They were too small 30 years ago when we went to school out at Udawal and drove up and down them at really fast, high rates of speed while drinking and smoking weed and everything else every single day. So is this a good idea? I don't know. I don't care. What I do care about is the op-ed from C. Mark Warren to the Chattanooga.com. Because he doesn't like Weston Womp, and that makes me like C. Mark Warren, and I already liked him a lot anyway, even more. I'll read this and get out. Widening needed on Udawal roads, not speed guns and response. Another Weston Womp photo op. It must be a Tuesday. Under heavy security, he appeared on the side of Hunter Road in Udawal on Tuesday. Today's photo op prop was a rented radar detector that posts your speed to remind drivers that they are driving too fast. Unfortunately, most drivers will never see their posted speed because they are not reading the text. I'm assuming he's meaning the text that's on the little speed marker thing. We can all do better, and our county mayor can do better as well. The problems and safety issues with Hunter Road and Snow Hill Road and Mountain View Road... And almost 
every road in Ottawa will not be fixed with a speed gun. And he's right about this. He's, all these roads have all the same problems. They're not big enough to handle the amount of traffic and volume that it has. Back to his op-ed, and we'll be done here in a sec. These roads will be fixed only by widening them. These roads are dangerous and have an above-average fatality rate. These are roads that our school buses travel upon. These are roads that our young drivers travel upon. These are roads that have seen a spike in housing and business development, but not a spike in spending on the infrastructure. But building an infrastructure is hard work. It's a grind. It takes teamwork. You have to be able to play well with others. Put the work in. Own it. Lead. Encourage. Not by standing on the side of the road looking into news cameras. Almost every Tuesday. Signed, C. Mark Warren. And I'll wrap things up right there. Well, it's official. I'm going to New York City. New York City! Yep, and uh, some other fun things to do this year. And maybe a few of these headlines I didn't get to. Just kind of a hodgepodge with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominations and other meaningless but still fun things to talk about on the Stone On Air podcast coming up next. I'd be rich. So you heard me talking earlier about the new bar home that Lee Brock and others are investors in and getting open in March. It's in the old Raw location, if you're familiar with that. If you're really going way back, the old attic above fat wraps, you got to be pretty damn old to remember that. Anyway, tonight is his culinary team, his bar manager, his GM, and really anybody who's anybody of this new establishment, they are having a select few in tonight for a tasting of sorts of ideas for the menu and I have been asked for my I guess what you would call expertise as a lifelong drinker of cocktails and now at a nearly a year sober my thoughts on the mocktail menu which I am very excited to see what kinds of non-alcoholic concoctions that Ben Mavity the bar manager and GM has created for tonight so I will report back next week for real estate needs you know how to get a hold of lee brock 653-2491 and lee at lindabrockhomes.com now back to more stone on air that's exactly what i wanted to hear stone on air.com okay spin the black circle pearl jam well we we just came to relax i i just wanted to watch the show uh i hate to start off with a bang i'm gonna say something typically me on behalf of all of us i don't know what this means i don't think it means anything thanks i guess It's just classic Eddie Vedder. I love it. It was an award for uh, best song on, or whatever, on MTV Video Awards. Like, yeah, I don't know what this means. Nah, it doesn't mean anything. Thanks, though. This is the new single, Dark Matter, from the record of the same name, released, going to be released in April. Denounce the demigods came down into discord. Deploy the dialogue. Your word against the law. Everybody else pays. 
for someone else's mistake. Ah, makes me happy. My year was saved with new music from Pearl Jam and a tour as it was released last night at 12.01. So officially on the 13th. And in typical Pearl Jam fashion, they are not touring anywhere near the Southeast. It is not at all a uh, comprehensive, if that's the way I, you would call it. it. It's it's not a very expansive tour. Lots of double dates, a couple in Vancouver, a couple in Vegas, a couple in uh, L.A., two in Seattle, two at Wrigley Field, and um, two in Philadelphia, and the only two that matter, the two in New York at Madison Square Garden. And, yeah, my guy Brad in, in New York was right. He told me about two weeks ago that the show was going to be September 3rd and 4th at MSG, and I wanted to wait until the official announcement. And I didn't book my flight today because, quite honestly, I am kind of scared. <laughs> I'm scared to see what it's going to cost. It doesn't really matter because this will be a trip that is mostly paid for by uh, the radio company Odyssey. They don't know that yet. Shh, keep that between us, all right? Whatever we do will be mostly comped. So how much it costs to get there really is not that important. And so uh, I will probably do that. If not tonight, then first thing tomorrow as I just ran out of time. But a couple of things here real quick. I'll get to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominees and then two other shows that uh, jumped off the page in the last 24 hours or so. I was on the Reddit, uh, Chattanooga subreddit, and I don't post there almost ever. I, I did when I first signed up for Reddit, like, I don't know how long ago that was, five, six, seven, eight years ago. Could be that long ago. I'm not sure. And it, it is a very much a lurking kind of social media. And really, it's just a message board. That's why I never understood why it was so popular. But somebody had posted about Q97.3 and 99.3, the country station, which is owned by Bay Hackle here locally. And it said, I guess they sold out their morning morning show to syndication. Sounds like every other country station now, at least in the morning. And I decided to go ahead and respond to it. And I said, well, the radio industry locally has completely fallen off a cliff. In the last year, the market itself has fallen from number 80 to 95, and that is absolutely factual. We were market number 80. We're now market number 95. Brewer has all but folded their entire cluster. Bayhackle had another round of layoffs recently, and Odyssey and Cumulus nationally are bankrupt and haven't locally invested in a decade plus. It's worse than it seems, and it seems awful. And I didn't even think about it again after that. And then I got a notification that there were other responses to it. So I looked at it today and I I just couldn't help but smile when I saw this. It said, well, if this is who I think it is, I enjoyed your spots on Alt 98.7. Way more than the guy on there now. 88.1 and 90.5. I don't even know what 90.5 even is at this point. But back to his post are like the only quote unquote radio left. Haven't checked out the AM bands in a while, assuming that it's still noise. And then a few more things go from there. And I don't know who that was because almost everybody uses, like, code names. Almost no one uses just their regular name. And I use Stone on Air on all my social media. So if you're following along on social, 
Stone on Air, all one word. It's the exact same one on every single social. And it just made me smile because I have now not been on that radio station, Alt 98.7, in four years. It's unreal to think that it's been four years since I was on that station. And I was only on that station for about two and a half years. October of 17 till March of 20. So that is about two and a half years. And it is remarkable the amount of response I got from that little piss ant thousand watt signal 98.7, which still plays the same alt based music, alt rock or whatever you want to classify it as. The amount of response I got to that was like nothing I had ever experienced in nearly 20 years of radio in this town. I was on Talk Radio 102.3 from 2006, really five, but more like 2006 to 2016. 10 solid years of consistent production and talk radio fill-in and hosting and producing on a station that I was in love with and thought was the most important thing going. And I got some recognition for that, no doubt. When I was out in public, I, I got a little recognition for that. But it was nothing like what I got when I worked for that two and a half years for that music station. People loved, and maybe still do, love that that music station. It was my dear, dear friend and one of the finest female voices ever in this city, Wendy, doing the lunchtime, 10 a.m. to 1 or whatever it was. And then I did the afternoon drive, and we would just come in in the morning and record it all for the day. And, you know, I didn't take it very seriously. I mean, I, I did a good job. I don't do anything and not try to do a good job. But it wasn't that important to me. It didn't mean a whole lot to me. But it seemingly did to a lot of other people. And I, I would regularly be out in public, and I would hear, hey, man, I love your show. And I was always so goddamn disappointed because at first I always, or at least for a little bit, thought that they were talking about the podcast, which I do cherish this because I put so much work into it. And so when someone tells me that they like it, it makes me feel really, really good. If someone tells me that they like that I said something, I don't know, somewhat funny about a Foo Fighters song, well, you know, thank you. But that doesn't warm the heart. That was easy. That I mean, I that that's nothing. That, that, that doesn't take any amount of brain power or artistic, creative uh, uh, effort, right? This is the hard stuff. This, I put all my, as they say, blood, sweat, and tears and all my emotional energy into. But uh, so I do, I, you know, I, I found that to be funny at first. And then after a while, I started to realize, man, people really do love this station. So, I mean, it's just a shame that, first of all, A, you can barely hear the station anywhere in town, and they can't keep anybody on staff and continue to have budget cuts and are got to be just circling the drain going out of business. I really do love those uh, people over there that I met and work for and work with. Uh, but the, the latest round of, of cuts was one of them was Natalie Gard, a, an absolute doll, a sweetheart. Younger, but hungry and really, really enthusiastic and really good at this. And there's no reason 
to for her to have been let go. And of course she is. And we texted the other day and I wished her the best and told her I was thinking about her because I, I really, you know, that kind of stuff. I, it zaps me back to times that I've been in that same position and it's heartbreaking. Like it, it literally hurts. It's painful. With Valentine's Day here, it's like getting your heart broken to where you want to cry, scream, cry, angry cry, right? Like that's what it's like. And I understood it. And I was happy that we were able to just have a quick little line of communication. And she might jump on here to to talk about it sometime. She has a very successful podcast called The Expired Podcast, which is about, you know, crime drama stuff. And it's with one of the, uh, I don't know, one of those MTV mom types that we have around here. I think there's a couple of them. I have I know I've been around one or two of them at, at one point. Anyway, she does very, very well. Tens of thousands of followers on most socials with that. So uh, very good job, Natalie. And if you are listening, which I doubt you are, I wish you the best. And you know I love you. Uh, but uh, anyway... Big time mess over there. They can't keep anything together at Bay Huckle Communications. We just lost Brewer, and they're probably next. Which does not make me happy. The only pain in a local company that would make me smile is scumulus. I mean, cumulus. Once they circle the drain, then I will be laughing and dancing on their grave. Let's move on to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, nominations for this year. And uh, many new ones. First time, 10 of them are on the ballot for the first time. I will go through and just have comments quickly. Mary J. Blige. I would have to look at her career, look at the numbers before I would have a thought. Mariah Carey, I would have to do the same. I don't know. Did she write that stuff? I don't know if she did. If she didn't, then to me, probably not. Cher, surprised she's not there already. I think she's probably hall worthy. Dave Matthews Band, I have a tr- trouble saying yes. Uh, Eric B. and Rakeem, I'm sorry, plead ignorant here. I don't know who the hell that is. My damn cat's over here screwing things up, sorry. Um, Foreigner, get the hell out of here, Foreigner. Hell no. Peter Frampton, <sighs> it's almost like he deserves an exhibit, but I don't think Peter Frampton on his own with just the one record that made him, you know, what everybody knows him from, Frampton Comes Alive, I don't know. Jane's Addiction, I say, no, uh, <laughs> it's tough, I don't know, I don't know. Cool in the Gang, another tough one, I don't know. Lenny Kravitz, not a chance. Hit the bricks, Lenny, no way. Oasis, it would be a crime if Oasis was not a first ballot Hall of Fame induction. Uh, Sinead O'Connor, sorry, no, no, no. Just because you're famous or more specifically infamous doesn't mean you belong in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Ozzy Osbourne, I'm I'm assuming Black Sabbath is already there. Yes, I believe Ozzy Osbourne deserves the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, if nothing else for those couple of records in the 90s, the No More Tears and Osmosis, on, on top of everything else he did in the 80s and since then, yes. Uh, sorry, another one. Sade, S-A-D-E. I don't know who that is. My bad. And what can I do to get A Tribe Called Quest off this list? This is the second year in a row now. Tribe Called Quest, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Sorry, no, <laughs> not even kind of. So um, if I'm just putting in people quickly, Oasis, Ozzy Osbourne, uh, Cher, 
Mary J. Blige, maybe. And, I mean, that's where I'm stopping with this list. I mean, we got all year long to argue and talk about it, and there's a whole layered approach to how the voting works. And at the end of the day, it's just a TV show, so who really cares? And then a couple quick ones here. I saw yesterday Neil Young and Crazy Horse are actually going on a tour. They're going to be at the Bourbon Beyond Festival. At least Neil is. I I don't know if Crazy Horse is going to be there, but... They are making a stop in Huntsville at the Orion Amphitheater. That uh, uh, me and the what podcast guys Barry and Lord Taco talked to Tim Kelly about recently. If you didn't see that or hear that, find the what podcast. It's a weekly thing talking about festivals, and we talk a lot about Huntsville, his relationship with the mayor, and their investment into the local music economy, and how it's really worked for them. Well, they're getting Neil Young and Crazy Horse on Sunday, May 5th, and that feels like a perfectly good weekend to spend in Huntsville and likely see Neil Young for the final time. And then here, closer to home, April 5th, hashtag best month ever, hashtag my month, we'll start with the Sam Holt Band presenting Remembering Mikey and Todd, the two local now-deceased members of widespread panic at the Barrel House Ballroom, Friday, April 5th. So I'll absolutely be at that show. Sam Holt was the guitar tech for widespread panic for many years. He's had several different bands since then. And if anybody's doing anything involving widespread panic that's not actually widespread panic, he's the guy. And so that should be a big time. I went ahead and purchased my tickets today as a matter of fact and i'm going to try to wrap things up on time for once in my life on this show it looks like might be hitting right at 60 minutes exactly if my calculations are correct which they're probably not but anyway that is where i will wrap things up happy pearl jam new music day happy valentine's day happy galentine's day that was a huge social media explosion all the ladies getting together and throwing parties totally serious talk i actually thought it looked pretty cool it looked a hell of a lot cooler than regular valentine's day nonsense like share comment if you can leave a review i'd appreciate it thanks to lee brock the presenting sponsor of the show doing the tastings tonight at the new bar home which will be opening soon enough and you'll find out about it here first lee 653-2491 for all your real estate needs that's the phone number you need the email address is lee at lindabrockhomes.com and that's it see you later have a good one bye